Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 730 with a review of Creed 3. I'm Christopher Stacey. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, we're talking about Creed 3. And that leads me into a little story uh, I want to tell you, Stephen, um, and I guess the audience listeners here. You know, sometimes on the show, uh, you know, we, we are big uh, proponents of uh, Alamo Drafthouse. We like going to see films there. Um, but sometimes scheduling requires us to visit, uh, you know, another theater in, in our yeah. general vicinity. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so when I was trying to look at my plans for the weekend, I noticed that uh, the local Regal Theater was doing a w- one night early screening of, of Creed 3. And I was like, hey. Check that out. I can just knock this out before uh, before the weekend time, and then I can fit the other things in. This will be great. Um, I was not paying attention when I booked my theater, and it turned out that my screening of Creed Three was actually a 4DX screening. Um, oh boy! Now I've done D-Box before, which I think is kind of a little bit like 4DX. I had a Dare program as a kid, <laughs> so I just say no when anyone offers me that. <laughs> but yeah, so so. Uh, many years back, uh, when the force awakens was coming out, uh, you know, somebody at our, at our company was like, we should go as a company to see this film and then let it drag on. And suddenly it was opening weekend and nobody had got any tickets. So I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I need to find something in the Bay area that still has a seat. And the only thing that still had a seat was like, like, like 45 minutes away. And it was D box. And that is a, a screening where you sit in a chair that moves and it's a little bit weird. Um, but you know, it, it was subtle. It was subtle for it. You know, mm-hmm. like when people were doing cool stuff with the force, you might get a little rumble when a ship was taking off, you get a little rumble, a little sway, you know, it was, it, it, it was fine. It was cool. It didn't, but it didn't bother me that much. Right. Yeah. For- Watch that while, <laughs> use that while watching magic Mike, have yourself a party. <laughs> Actually, that would be pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> but so I, I get to this theater and uh, I'm like, oh, a 40X is going to be like the D box Force Awakens. This should be this should be fine. So I get in. Now, Stephen, I am texting you some photos that I took as I sat down in my seat. Um, I'm <laughs> sending them to you now. Why don't you go ahead and take a look at these uh, these photos and tell me and tell me what you see. All right. I see a fan, uh, a series of what look like big fans. <laughs> I see a G9. Is that like a power? So, so that's it, it looks kind of like a power outlet, but those are water jets. <laughs> okay. Okay. In the, in the These are water jets. I, I see water on, water off. I see you have like little foot pedals that you're going to be using. And I see 3D glasses. So, yeah. okay, you're wet, you're in 3D, <laughs> you're getting a foot massage, and you're having air blown on your face. <laughs> yeah. So, luckily, at the very least, those 3D glasses were not part of this experience. Like, somebody just was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's theater one, you get the 3D glasses. Luckily, That's hilarious that 3D is the thing that you would have hated the most about this experience. No, 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 I, I, just, I just mean that, like, it, 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 like, that didn't add on top of everything there. But uh-huh. essentially, we have we have Star Tours the ride, 
to watch this film. Mm-hmm. There is there are a water that shoots. There's air things that I didn't take a picture that concuss you from behind you. And there's giant fans on the wall. Before this film started, there was a trailer for uh, Shazam: Theory of the Gods, mm-hmm. and there when all the heroes like scoot up on the chair all those fans kicked on and the fans were louder than the soundtrack for the film and i was like i have made a mistake this is gonna be terrible oh my god yeah and uh yes i I did make a mistake mistake. the the first time that these chairs moved i think the audience almost shat themselves because it wasn't Mm -hmm. this isn't like a rumble and a slight jolting this is like if you had an entirely full popcorn or an entirely full cocktail that shit was all over the floor (laughs) So like, now every time they referenced the rumble in the jungle, did like the chairs move like that yeah, in the movie? Like, and that's the thing too, is I was like, dear God, I hope this film isn't too long because if I have to pee, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to be able to hold it while I'm just being shook like this. This is crazy. Um, and here's the thing, Stephen, if you're going to have a motion controlled thing to experience in the course of a film, be subtle with it. Let mm-hmm. it enhance the experience. Right. Don't do what Creed 3 does, and literally every single punch is the chair jolting in a different direction. Oh, God. So, like, it'll be in the middle of a conversation. He's like, I don't know. How about you train him? And it cuts to... And it's just... It's just the chair. I hate this. Even just hearing about it. I hate it so much. I can't... Can you think of any movie that would benefit from this so so here's the thing it is like like going back to force awakens it didn't bother me in force awakens Mm because like at the beginning of that when kylo ren's ship comes down your chair sort of goes and you kind of land with the ship subtle motion there is Mm -hmm. one moment in this film where it actually worked it involves a big fight and it involves a Mm slow-mo uppercut and like Mm -hmm. a a person gets uppercut and all of your chairs in the audience go back and I was like, like okay, uh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> I'm specifically thinking about the fan, the water jet, and the compressed air. Like a movie where that would help. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't. I mean, like, okay. if, like if you were watching a slasher film, um, like, you know, Ghostface slashes somebody, and then you get the blood, it feels like the blood hit your face. Okay, that that's probably kind of cool. It's a little bit cool. Yeah, right? I would hate that. <laughs> But, I would but completely it, hate that. Did the water <laughs> go off in this screening? Like, oh, no. what? Because I can't so, think of anything wet in this movie. It's a so, pretty dry movie. Uh, Steven, sweat. <laughs> ah, like, of like, course, sweat. <laughs> so I, the second I sat down, I, I looked for the button. That, like I looked for, I, I looked for a button that said reduce motion because when I went to the D box thing, there was a button that was like reduce motion. <laughs> And I, and I and I just immediately turned that on because I, I didn't want to get thrown around. But here, it's four seats that are connected on one shake system, so yep. you can't, you wouldn't like even if there was a button which I could not find to reduce the motion, you would be ru- ruining the experience for the other yeah. people seated in your block of four. Right. <laughs> it, I'm I'm know. just imagining the combination of you were talking before about imagining if you had to pee during this movie and then you're rumbling. Imagine you have to pee, you're rumbling, and then some like water jet is just like gently trickling <laughs> liquid all over you. <laughs> but that's the thing too, is like 
I, I know you're just saying rumble as like a, not a euphemism, but as, as like a, a catch-all for this experience. Right. But no, this is, you know, the scene in Shang-Chi when they're, <laughs> they're in the runaway bus going down the hill. Sure. This is what it feels like the entire movie. Just imagine mm-hmm. your, your, your chair just being jerked back and forth. Like you're on Roger Rabbit, the ride at, at, at Disneyland or something. But every time somebody throws a punch, you, the punch hits your your chair but the person punching mm-hmm. your chair is the size of the person on the screen and that's yeah. what it was like uh is it only the punches like in in the dialogue <laughs> scenes are the chairs trying to do anything so in the dialogue chairs they don't but like there's a scene where where uh jonathan majors just gets on a bus after the first time he met and the chair's like uh-huh. i'm on a city <laughs> bus right now this is the dumbest invention I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's so it, it, it what it feels like is the person who programmed this experience never once tried it out. They were just <laughs> like it, it, it's like the ver- worst version of somebody going like, oh, we got motion shit. Just pick something in the movie to make it motionize. And then they just like mm-hmm. dragged all the sliders on and were like, this is going to be so awesome. And then they never they never did it. Or somebody had like. A rumble headphone on and they just uh-huh. assumed that that's the way people were going to feel it in the theater and i was like man come on this is just this is a bad idea all the way around whoever at the studio sanctioned and blessed this version of this experience uh did a real bad job and yeah yeah the only version that i might be interested in is top gun maverick where yeah. it only does it when they're flying no other time only when they're flying it does something to make you feel like you are also in the cockpit i could yeah. i could get by that the the fan could serve a purpose there even though it's really in a cockpit you're not feeling the wind so i don't really know what that would do for you <laughs> hopefully um the water i honestly can't think of a single time i would ever want liquid to be sprayed at me <laughs> while yeah, i'm yeah. watching a movie and, like, and even not... in avatar the way of water i don't want water in that it's... i'm fine i'm fine looking at it it also, it's not like a loogie, right? It, it's it's not big droplets of water. <laughs> no one's hitting you with a bucket or anything like that. Okay. It's like, it's mist, right? It's like a, like, a, you know, Jurassic Park, Dilophosaurus, right? Like that, think, think like that. Yeah. Just without the, it, the Except for the one time. jet that was spraying on your pants that made it look like you wet, <laughs> you wet yourself an hour and a half into the movie. No, I spilled somebody's drink on my crotch just so people wouldn't realize that I did pee my pants. <laughs> fucking jets am i right guys (laughs) i just support your story a (laughs) hundred percent now i have to ask you did you re-watch this movie or are we getting the review of chris vershnazy being thrown around with loogies being hawked in his face (laughs) (laughs) so i did not re-watch this film as as we as we stated the whole reason I was seeing it a day early was so that I like because I, I didn't have time to watch it a second mm-hmm. time. Um, but I will say, I can divorce my feelings about the D box or the four DX experience for Creed three right. from the experience of Creed three itself. Um, okay. At least I will do my best to, <laughs> to <Great>. do so. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thank thank you for indulging me in this tale, Stephen. <laughs> happy to i mean my turn for my story i went to alamo had a lovely time (laughs) (laughs) they accidentally brought me two monster burgers (laughs) 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 please sir compliments to the chef yeah 
They actually had a special deal where I could buy a second cocktail and they promised they would spill it on your pants. <laughs> they said, just show us a picture of the guy. <laughs> we'll find him. I, I went to a screening and Michael B. Jordan walked up and punched me in the face. <laughs> it was amazing. It was like he was there. <laughs> oh, all right, Stephen. You ready to get into this? I'm ready. All right, cool. We are going to take a listen to the trailer for Creed 3, and then we're going to come back and give everyone a review. I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca, Rocky, my dad. This was built on their shoulders. Hey, my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. Nah, I ain't signing the autographs, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Damien. How long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. Curious what happened with you two. I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best, though. Man, I never got a chance to prove that. That's cute. I know what you're doing, Donnie. You don't owe this to nothing. Damien's fighting the world. He's trying to hurt people. I vouch for you. You think you mad? Try spending half your life in a cell. Why didn't somebody else live your life? I'm coming for everything. You threatening me? Something is going on with you. Damien was like family. We passed talking. Then maybe you just have to find out. Do what I gotta do. Some of my methods, you might disagree with me. These are family ties. I recognize mine. I know that they needed me. Traumatic stress, watching manifest. Got my only fear. I ain't scared of death. Did you hear me yet? I ain't scared of death. Did you hear me yet? What you gonna do? Threaten to take my breath? I need you to let go of your fear. Let go of the guilt. Let go of whatever was and walk into what is. I feel those chains are breaking, yeah. Fear God, I don't fear death. I see those strings and twisted. All right, so that was the trailer for Creed 3. Um, in this film, our hero, Adonis Creed, um, has, uh, it's been three years since his last fight. He is retired, and instead of uh, continuing to box, he is now bringing up the next uh, round or line of big boxers um, to, on the scene, and he's trying to train up new blood um, to come into the ring. But old blood makes its way back into a, his life in the form of a guy named Damien, who he was kids with, who went away to prison and has just gotten out and uh, kind of makes his way back into his life and tries to, uh, uh, you know, catch up where he was as he was an up and coming um, boxer in his day before he went to prison. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Creed 3? Um, I thought Creed 3 was pretty great. 
honestly. Uh, I think Jonathan Majors is having a hell of a year. Uh, Damien, or Dame, as he goes by when he's fighting, is a pretty fantastic villain for this movie in a way that is similar to the other um, Jonathan Majors villain characters we've seen <laughs> recently. I get, like, we talked about this, our Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania episode just came out recently, and we were talking about how he, like, he has this menace that pairs with seeming very gentle and friendly and kind and the combination of the two is just really interesting in a quote bad guy um you understand his motivations in this movie you understand kind of the chip on his shoulder where he's coming from the things he feels like he is owed but you also feel the kind of threat that you can't you can't trust a guy who wants something so badly. And I think he he just plays that incredibly well. Like yeah. we know he becomes the quote bad guy of the movie because the trailer telegraphs it very well. But in the first, I don't know, 40 minutes of the movie, 45 minutes of the movie, he's just a guy, a guy who is grateful for the opportunity. He's had a friend from Adonis's past, someone who is kind of like, a threat by way of he might dig up secrets that uh, Adonis doesn't want Bianca to know about. But otherwise, he seems kind, friendly, warm, perceptive. But then he has like just a little bit, a little bit where you're like, ooh, I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what he's going to do next. And I, he just delivers the goods. And he's basically the reason so much of this movie worked for me. Um, Michael B. Jordan directed this movie. It's his directorial debut. And I think it is just an incredibly great debut like it, it feels like a creed movie like it feels right in line with the other two uh there are stylized fight sequences here that go big they people have compared it to anime before it, it kind of has this feeling where it is willing to play with the environment and heighten the fight in a way that i thought was just really it, it was a good way to make people punching each other feel novel and exciting, even when we've watched multiple movies that do this already. Um, yeah, I, I thought the emotions were there. I thought it tied it well to his past. I, I was vibing the whole movie. And all of this is true, even though, as I've established in other Creed reviews, I don't understand the rules of boxing. I don't know what <laughs> separates a good fighter from a dangerous cheater who you don't want to mess with. Um, there are times in this movie where people are like, who is going to stop him? Who knows what he's going to do next? I don't know what that means <laughs> in, in, in the world of boxing. And I don't care because the movie just puts me in it. It says, look, this guy is dangerous. He's a bad guy. Look at how other people are responding to him when he fights. And I buy it 100%. Um, so I don't know. I, I was completely vibing on this movie. I, th I thought it was pretty great, actually. I don't know how I rank it against the other Creed movies. I think so far, all of them have been pretty great, honestly. And this just kept delivering. So I was a fan. Yeah. Um, over, overall, I think this film is pretty great. Uh, 4DX experience aside, mm -hmm. I think like I'll start with a few uh, nitpicks just just to get mm -hmm. them out of the way before I I talk about what I really, really enjoyed about this film. And like the two nitpicks that I have is sort of one, I might be misremembering, but I feel like uh, Bianca's arc in the previous films is it's not worth it. Why are you fighting? <laughs> and in this film, right. it's like, I guess you got to fight him. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I thought that was a little bit silly, um, but, but it's fine. Like I, I, I got over it instantly, but I, I thought there, I thought they would at least drag it out a little bit. Like I thought, mm -hmm. cause, cause what I was kind of expecting from this film is 
you know, Jonathan Majors uh, characters, uh, Diamond Dame uh, would would get a few fights under his belt and then it would go to his head and he'd be like, I'm coming for you. And then he'd be like, you know what? He's talking smack about the family. The only person that's going to shut him up is you go shut him up. Right. Like I I figured she would turn because of events that kind of happen, but it kind of just seems like there's, there's one fight before, (laughs) before shit hits the fan. And then it's like, all right, I guess we got to fight now. So that was a little bit silly to me. Um, The other little, little nitpick is, I know that, you know, I I don't know the rules of boxing either, but I know that the presentation, i.e. the dollars behind boxing, are very, very important and probably more important. Mm -hmm. The politics and the money behind who gets to fight who is kind of a big deal. I don't think you can substitute a fighter at the last minute, regardless of what actually happens. I mean... It's a whole plot line in Snatch, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's underground boxing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I I just, it felt weird to me that like, I get the mechanics of how they tried to make it a thing, but I don't think if, if you know, if Michael B. Jordan's character is really trying to become a boxing promoter, I think your first big ticket that you book, if you try to substitute it, with somebody no nobody knows who just got out of prison that's not gonna work no that's not gonna fly with it it's not gonna fly with the people who are paying for the fight to happen and it's it's weird that that doesn't really like it becomes a more personal affront against him as the fallout from whatever happens in that fight right but it's not something that I believe any promoting company would accept terms. Like if they put up all this right. money, my, my yada, yada, yada is that the money changed and that the numbers are not the same as what the numbers had been. And this was a way of salvaging the, the plan and the training and not necessarily like they just like swapped him out and got the same bid. That that was yeah. kind of what I decided to fill in because I didn't care. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so those are the two nitpicks. That aside, I I, I thought this film was great. I I, I loved it. I was I was even with my seat constantly shaking, or maybe I just had Stockholm syndrome from <laughs> just having the shit kicked out of me in the chair. But I, I really really enjoyed it, and I think like once again, as you've already said, Jonathan Majors is so fucking phenomenal in this film. Mm-hmm. Like he he is. He's just so amazing. I've said it the last couple of films. This menacing figure who is actually tortured inside because of whatever mm-hmm. he's been through and lived through, and all, like his his motivations are are clear. Like you have these little flashbacks where you see who he was before he went away and the goals he had, and like the idea that while he was rotting away in a prison, he watched his his little buddy from when he was little go off and live the life that he wanted to have, and like the fact that he would want to come take that from him it like Mm -hmm. i totally buy that character i I don't know if it's a worthy endeavor to go through but i i 100 understand it and what he's reaching for and what he's doing and he has this like this quiet energy that is just ready to explode at any moment and even like as you said we know that he's going to be the villain because that's the film we came to see um but it's when he's like just when they're at that din- that 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 lunch right and he's like just talking about like oh yeah and then blah 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 oh yeah i've been in shape and it's like you can tell he is kind of almost trying to trap adonis 
to, to get him to, to suddenly reveal it. But Adonis is just like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll totally like help you and we'll, we'll try to get you a fight. And yeah, this is like totally good for you. And it's kind of like it, it's he's, he's almost diffusing the situation accidentally. But Jonathan Majors is just waiting for that chance to like explode and be like, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like it, it's there's just this uneasy feeling that is constantly washing over these two as they interact in every situation. And then like even moments where you think he's going to blow up stuff, um, you know, talking to Bianca. But then he still mm-hmm. says like, oh, it's not really for me to talk. About. I would just still kind of yeah. like talking about it. But like he's still not willing to do it himself. But he's like. It's weird. He's like he's he's just on the edge of being like a genuinely good dude, but he's also yeah. trying to put things in motion to make up for lost time in a way that only helps him. And, yeah, I, just, and I think the an interesting question in a scene like that is at that moment, does he have animus towards Donnie or is he merely seeing Donnie as a friend who is also a means to an end to him getting what he wants and it isn't until Donnie is an obstacle that this like loathing or this other side comes out I I think that's always there it's the Mm. only reason he came there right because he could also Mm. go anywhere else and work his way up in the ranks and then try to do a challenge later but it's clear Mm. that that is his goal from the start because he doesn't think that Adonis is worthy of the life that he has, because if he wouldn't mm-hmm. have gone away, he would have been that guy and like things would be different. Right. So, so, yeah. so it, it feels like his character has made some assumptions about the way things panned out and is taking all of his actions based on that. And which is why I, I, I really, really love where that character is at the end of the film, because like all the math, worked out right like 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 he there's a bunch of assumptions that he's making about the world and then he goes out and tests those assumptions and then gets the answer and Mm -hmm. that it's it's a it's you know it might have a little bit of a bow but where that character is at the end of this film is perfect and that character has an understanding and it's like i i just love the way the way it played out and 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 you know where those two people are by the end of whatever goes down in this final fight was like earned by all folks involved and it means exactly what it needs to and both people understand that meaning and i I just it was it it, like it it might be a little too neat but it also it just executed it so well that i was kind of like it was pretty fucking great (laughs) yeah no i i feel the same way it did it made it a personal story and you know that personal story if i'm being critical is telegraphed you know th- this isn't a movie with a ton of surprises you kind of know how it's going to go how it's going to end but it just does it so well and that that final moment where they're together talking there's like a all of these movies have done this thing where the big bad in one movie you see them in the next movie and they're just a person and they've worked out their differences because of course they have to level up to the other big bad and the other big bad and the other big bad this is the first time i remember them having that moment of reckoning before the movie ends like they're not even going to wait till the next one they're like we are going to complete the arc of both of these characters and what they're fighting and kind of the the demons they're fighting and this has a really great equivalent of the it's not your fault 
type moment that worked on me so well and it it is because michael b jordan and jonathan majors are just very good <laughs> actors their delivery they they just communicate a lot without having to say very much in that moment and it it worked on me well so i found this to be a really 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 satisfying movie even though again if i zoom out at the plot it's kind of like point a to point b we're going to do exactly what you think we're going to do we are going to be expedient when there are things like you were nitpicking, we're just kind of kind of yada yada over it. And it just, it worked for me. This just felt like a kind of platonic movie. It like Shakespearean or something. It like, it knew exactly where it wanted these characters to go and it knows we want them to get there. So it's just like, all right, we're, we're going on the ride. Enjoy it. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll say one more nitpick, uh, followed by a praise just, just, just yeah. so I could, just so I can eat, bounce out once again. But the other, the, the last other nitpick I had is that like, they make it a point of saying Adonis has not fought for three years. I wish mm-hmm. they, I wish they would, you know, when they announce the fight, I wish they would have been like, and six months from now, there's going to, you know what I mean? Like th- there's, there's no indication of how long he has to yep. get back in shape. And I'm like, I get that we're doing a montage and that montage could be like, maybe we're supposed to understand from like how big his mustache is at the end mm-hmm. <laughs> of the training that I'm supposed to like map that out to some duration of time. But it just felt like this guy's been training in prison for 18 years and you're going to match his shape in, in some unknown amount of time. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't buy, I don't buy that. <laughs> that. That was the thing. I, that mean, I don't know me. what, I don't know what kind of amenities in prison he had, because I'm sure Michael B. Jordan stays in shape even when he's not fighting. You know, his version of like a restful day is like, I'm only going to run 10 miles today and I'm only going to punch a punching bag for two hours instead of five. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I, I don't know. The movie does obviously telegraph at the beginning that he's like his hip hurts. He's getting to be an old man, whatever. Like it, it, it does that. But I... I believed he could get back there. I yeah. I assumed I wasn't even giving him like six months. I was like three months. I feel like he intensely focused for a few months and then came out swinging. Yeah, it, it is funny though that that scene that you're talking about, where it's like it's kind of like the the scene in in Top Gun Maverick, where uh, <laughs> where they're just reading off all his accommodations and everything he's been, but in this case, it's all the the fractures and injuries and concussions yeah. and stuff that he's had. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. so the, uh, the other praise I wanted to say is like, and I thought this is kind of where you were starting to go when you started talking about like the big bag bad having to like persist across different films. I love that they bring back Drago. Uh, yeah. And like now he's like buddy, buddy and friends with Adonis and they're like going to train yep. together and stuff. I was like, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that too. Even, even though, of course, it means you have to kind of in every movie, the big bad is overpowered during the movie. And then in subsequent movies, they're just regular people that you can train with. You know, like yeah. I remember fighting Drago in the second movie took him going to a desert and channeling all of this energy and training an insane amount just to survive. Like he couldn't beat him. He could just take enough punches for the first 10 rounds or whatever that he could finally unleash fury at the end. Um, yeah. Here... In training, you know, in those unknown amount of weeks or months or whatever, they can fight and spar and have like a good fight already. And that's fine. I, I like it. But it is funny how 
Drago goes from being like, he will probably kill you if you get in the ring to him, to like, <laughs> hey, get in the ring with him. We need to prepare for this next fight. Yeah. But also the context of their initial sparring is like, like, I'm going to try not to break you. <laughs> yeah. Are you not allowed to punch someone's arm, by the way? Is that a rule in boxing? Yeah. So this is, you know, once again, talk out of our ass corner. It, mm. I mean, clearly they were playing it for that was like a a not cool kind of uh, move. Like apparently you're supposed right. to do like body shots and face shots or something only. Like how is face allowed? Face is <laughs> like I accidentally hit my head in wine country last weekend and I had to like... <laughs> not go drinking that day for fear of a concussion. Steven, you got to drink in moderation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it must be one of those, like, I, I assume early on in boxing, it was just fucking no holds barred. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. And then eventually rules came in and we're like, all right, you got to have a good clean fight. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely weird, and it definitely plays it as though he's fighting dirty when he's yeah. just, like, punching in weird, weird ways. Like, obviously, the elbow is, is 100% illegal. Yeah. Um, the kidney shots? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Those kidneys knew what they signed up for. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because early in the movie, at, at the beginning of the movie, where uh, Adonis is doing his version of the Rumble in the Jungle... It is showing him sizing up his enemy and seeing a few openings where he can hit like his side and different parts of him that seem like weak points. Yeah. And that wasn't played as being playing dirty. That was just like him fighting well. So, so I, 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 I believed because the language of the movie told me that Dame is fighting dirty. But like I don't I couldn't really tell the difference <laughs> when I watched them. Yeah. So I, I interpreted those those moments early on in the film as it was not quote unquote weak points, but it was after he does this punch, he leaves himself open here for mm. X amount of like he was basically doing like Elden Ring boss stuff where he's like, all right, so this swing is the <laughs> this many frames. This gives me an open to do this parry. And then if I just get in there, I can just do this attack and he'll be, he'll leave himself open. So it was mostly like uh, memorizing his move set so that he can get those punches in. Um which is, you know, interesting for the fight later because he learned a lot of his move from Damien. Mm -hmm. And now it's like he can't just do whatever uh, because, like, they kind of know each other's moveset, which, which the film doesn't really go too far down that road. But it's definitely something they sort of hint at, uh, which I thought would have been pretty fun of, like, watching them. Like, these, these two fighters are the same. <laughs> yeah. It's the equivalent of the mirror dance in Magic Mike. Yeah. Every review now, I'm going to bring up Magic Mike, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think we brought up this while we were reviewing Magic Mike, right? Because we were going from Magic Mike 3 into Creed 3. So mm, yeah. it, it's happened, you know, both both directions. By way of Ant-Man 3. So it, it, it's the, the month of threequels. That's right. What's, what's next up on the docket? <laughs> uh... Scream 6, which is basically Scream 2-3. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and, and any last things you want to say about this film, Stephen? Um, I, I wish I got more Tessa Thompson in this movie, just because I think her dynamic with Michael B. Jordan is so good. Um, 
like she plays it well here. I just think this movie really zeroes in on Dame and Donnie and doesn't give a whole lot of room for anything else. Like you said, her arc, you can imagine a movie that's like 20 minutes longer where she is struggling to allow him to fight again and they have to go through this and what does it mean and why is it unhealthy to argue with fists when you can't use your words to talk through things and the movie shortcuts it and i'm fine because i think it does it well but i do think there's a better movie somewhere if they give her a little bit more to do also you're reminding me that we haven't talked about the character of of his daughter yet um Mm -hmm. she is the most emotive like she has the emotive abilities of like adult comedic actor mm-hmm. like it, it, it's it, it was mind-boggling to me like some of the faces she was making and stuff i was like how, how old is she because like the way they could just go and get that sort of performance out of somebody so so young and tiny i was like this is awesome yeah i know she she was wonderful definitely a great child actor um i have to say because these movies you know we have just watched two men beat the shit out of each other with many head blows and they seem like delirious and they just become fighting machines (laughs) watching him then like play fight with her in the ring that same night a part of me was like don't do it dude don't do it (laughs) don't forget where you are she's too adorable (laughs) he thought she he was gonna go into a fugue state and just like kill her with one punch i feel like is it in southpaw that that like came he came close to doing it he's like drunk or something i feel like there's something there where uh, Jill and Hall is seen as like a threat to his daughter. There's a reason I'm used to being afraid of like boxers who just fought being yeah. around little kids. That's true. <laughs> but no, Michael B. Jordan is wonderful. He's a great father. He would never. All right. Well, Stephen, is it time to get uh, verdicts for this film? Yep. Let's do it. All right. If you were going to give us a must see, re- recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? I'm giving it a must see. I think the Creed franchise has not shown any signs of slowing down. And I think even without Sylvester Stallone, it is keeping the spirit of the Rocky movies alive and well. And honestly, I think in many ways, Creed is a better franchise than the Rocky franchise. Um, It has more to say. It has more interesting histories to bring to the table and the fights are as cool as hell. So yeah, I thought this movie was great, especially as a directorial debut. It is really, really, really impressive that the movie looks as cool as it does. So I loved it. But but the real question in this comparison, Stephen, is is TNT going to play them like every other weekend for the rest of eternity? Because that's how you get to. <laughs> it's Rocky a good status. question. <laughs> Creed is giving more HBO. I don't know why. It feels too prestige to be on TNT. <laughs> Yeah, TNT, USA, all those, all those higher channel uh, networks. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was one of those things. I think I've watched more Rocky on those, uh, just because than I have like attempting to actually watch the various Rocky films over the years. <laughs> yeah, the USA network, especially. I feel like when Rocky fights Drago, that's like you want a big USA logo to be <laughs> to be in the corner of the screen. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I didn't say my verdict yet, but it's also nope. a must-see. Um, I thought this film was amazing. Just don't see it in 40X because, uh, you know, you'll feel like a boxer. <laughs> By the time, there there were some older folks in my screening and I was like, oh, does somebody need to check on them? <laughs> <laughs> it felt unsafe, Stephen. It felt unsafe. Mm. Yeah. 
But anyways, that is going to do it for our review of Creed 3. Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? If people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from artlist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, we're going to take off. We have one more review to record this weekend, and that is for Return to Soul. So hopefully uh, you'll check that out, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.